Hey, Risto here with George Mason University. We are talking to Dan Vigliatore uh, today. He's a health and physical education teacher in Toronto, that's in Canada. Uh, and he's also an AQ instructor for York University, um, where he graduated from. So here we go with a new episode of Playing with Research in Health and Physical Education. All right, Dan, uh, thank you so much for coming on to chat. Um, can you give the listeners just a bit of a background on you so they know who you are? I know um, you have a bunch of followers on Twitter, so they might be familiar with your name from there. But uh, give us a little bit of a bio on, on your background. Thanks, Risto. Uh, and great job with my last name. You didn't butcher it at all. That was awesome. Um, so thanks for having me on the podcast. Uh, actually, I'd like to thank you for... Um, for creating this port, this important podcast, this platform, it's a great it's great to listen and learn about the why behind health and physical education. It's a great resource and PD opportunity for educators, but also for anyone in the field of um, health, physical education, and physical activity. Um, I've been teaching now for 17 years with the Toronto Catholic District School Board, and it's my 12th year as a health and physical educator. I received my degree in kinesiology and health science, my bachelor of education, and my uh, health and physical education honor specialist designation, all from New York University here in Toronto, Toronto, Ontario. Um, and uh, like you said earlier, recently I've had the opportunity to also work for my alma mater as a uh, health and physical educator, or sorry, health and physical education AQ instructor, which are additional qualification courses for educators here in Ontario. Awesome. Um, thanks for that. So we're here to discuss um, physical education in Canada and more specifically in Ontario. Um, can you just kind of explain how does how does curriculum work in Canada in health and physical education? Is it a national curriculum, meaning if I'm in Quebec or Vancouver, am I as a you know eighth grade student learning the same things? Well, the, the uh, H, well, health and physical education curriculum in Canada differs, differs province to province. Um, okay. There's major key elements that are very similar, but um, there are also many uh, similar difference, sorry, differences between each curriculum. Okay. So uh, is, are there minute requirements? Uh, are there specific topics that need to be taught? What what kind of because in the U.S. Uh, you know we have individual uh, states that have their own physical education curriculum or they have um, their own you know state standards, but then even the curriculum might be different from one county to the next, or in a city that's divided into a few school districts, they might have different curriculum in, within the city, but you know. I wouldn't say in the U.S. that we have a specific set of minute requirements for PE um, across the board. Now, Shape America has certain recommendations, but they don't have a lot of uh, teeth behind them uh, because they're not able to enact a national curriculum. So in Canada, do you have certain things like minute requirements or you have to teach swimming or certain sports or anything like that across Canada? Not exactly. Not exactly. It's uh, kind of similar to how you explained to how it is in the U.S. in respect to that there's not a, choir, there's not a requirement of minutes. Like, there's not to say that uh, um, 
And so in our, where I teach at, we are doing roughly around half an hour blocks for students or for classes. And I know in other provinces they're a little bit different. And it kind of, it's almost, it, not even province to province, but it's almost city to city, mm-hmm. uh, school board to school board. That's a little bit, there's, they're all, there's always a little bit of a tweak of time um, respecting to, um, to minutes teaching physical education and health. Um, the core there is a core core elements that are similar. They're just maybe worded in a different way, mm-hmm. or there is we have. It seems to have we have the autonomy to how to teach it. The curriculum's there, but we can kind of teach it in many different ways. So we don't have to teach, for example, soccer, mm-hmm. or we don't have to teach hockey. We can teach those skills in different ways. So it does give the teacher the um the autonomy to kind of decide all right let's develop a program that fits best for the students so that's province to province that's how it is we kind of have very similar things but um the way they the way that's worded and the way they the order or the uh the way we do it is kind of differently okay now let's get into and this you know this podcast will specifically focus on the ontario hp curriculum that you're very familiar with Yes. Um, what does that look like, or just physical education in general in in that greater Toronto area and in, in the Ontario HP curriculum? Sure. So in Ontario, there's a, there's a focus on the whole child, the whole student. Uh, we look to support mental health and well-being, develop physical and health literacy, and a sense of commitment to lead healthy and active lives. Um, also, there's a strong emphasis in, offer, in offering opportunities for all students to participate fully and explore a wide range of activities. So this is going back to what we were explaining. We were just talking about. There's we want we want full engagement. So if we were just to have okay, we're going to have a hockey unit, uh, unit because hockey is a big sport here in in Canada. Um, that's not really allowing all students to succeed or to want to succeed in physical education. So the idea is to provide activities that will touch on every student's uh, skills and abilities. Mm-hmm. Um, these opportunities lead to the, the final goal, which is uh, student-initiated individual expression, where inquiry and inquiry skills are leading their learning. And that really encourages risk-taking in a safe environment. Okay. And for those who are really interested, there is a, a very light Sunday morning reading, 317 pages, where all of this is uh, is laid out. And we can connect to that uh, curriculum document in the in the notes. And, you know, I saw um, the, the link that you sent me to kind of start exploring this. There's a lot of, uh, you know, information about health and well-being and a lot of stuff on mental health and um, which, you know, shows because you have a combined HPE curriculum, but let's, you, you talked about this year you had remodeled this curriculum. And I, as I understand for many years, there's been three competencies or strands that you focused on, which were active living, movement competence and healthy living. And when you redid the curriculum this year, um, you updated to include a new strand, which was social emotional learning. Um, so we'll get to the social emotional learning, but let's start one by one. Can you describe what the strand of active living talks about in the in the current curriculum? Sure. Well, within active living, students are um, learning about the connection between physical and mental health. Um, 
for example, um, you know, there is the there's a mandated um, initiative here in Ontario for daily physical activity. So that's part of the active living strand. And also with the importance of physical activity and daily physical activity, enjoying activity, uh, the benefits of activity. Um, also things like uh, responsibility to staying safe. These are the things that we kind of touch upon on active living, on the active living strand. Okay. And what is that mandate for daily physical activity? What is that? Uh, the, the mandate was that it had to be 20 minutes of physical activity within the school day. Mm-hmm. Now, there's a very similar to the U.S., there is the, um, the 60 minutes a day, mm-hmm. right? They wanted to incorporate 20 minutes of daily physical activity in the school day. So the 60 minutes for, for, a, stu- or for a, a child in Canada or for a kid in Canada was throughout their entire day. So that's within school, after school, before school, within their activities at home. Uh, but they wanted to make a, uh, a mandated 20 minutes during the, the school day. And that could be, uh, and that could be broken up also, like ten minutes in the morning, ten minutes in the in the afternoon, or it could be a twenty minute block. Some schools do it; it's kind of left up to the school to decide how to incorporate it. Now, could that be recess? No, it doesn't count. Okay. So, with the recesses, it's completely different. Mm-hmm. Um, daily physical activity was not to; um, uh, it was separate from recess. It had to be done during the school day, inco- like incorporating in the instructional day. Okay, so basically, yeah. physical activity—you have to have that twenty minutes taught by a physical education teacher. Is that correct? No, now that's okay. a, <clears throat> that's not. It's in the health. It's in the uh, physical. Uh, sorry, the um, the Ontario curriculum for physical education, mm-hmm. but it does not have to be taught by the physical educator. Okay, uh, a lot of times the physical educator is the one who um, will provide PD for teachers. Mm-hmm to help them understand and where where they can fit it in the school day with things like uh, you probably heard about it there's things like like brain breaks and mm-hmm. um, physical activity snacks uh, there's all these different terms that we've adopted that you can kind of do it throughout the same or throughout the entire day but uh, it does not have to be done by the physical educator okay great yeah. so let's move on to the second strand which was movement competence what can you tell us about that Sure. Um, movement competence deals with uh, students exploring fundamental movement skills, um, stability and locomotor skills. Along with these are the manipulation skills and strategies and the movement concepts and strategies. And this is where you'll see a lot of um, sports. You'll see that skills that you can kind of it translates to different sports. Now, like not so much that they're going to learn how to take a slap shot in hockey, but they'll um, things that will relate to it, like mm-hmm. using a long-handled um, manipulative or uh, you'll see this is where you have the opportunity where kids can learn how to um, learn different strategies. Like uh, So this is a great opportunity to implement uh, the TGFU model or any type of model-based uh, practice that a, that a physical educator may want to incorporate. Great. And then the third strand that you had in the old curriculum that's still there is the healthy living strand. What can you say about that? The healthy living strand, students learn about the basic basic health concepts with a strong focus on the application of the knowledge and making decisions about their own health and well-being. Um, examples here are like making healthy choices, like at a, at a younger age, deciding what is a healthy snack and not a healthy snack, or uh, then as they 
as they grow older, learning things such as bullying awareness and standing up for oneself and building relationships. Mm -hmm. Great. So, and I think some of those standing up for oneself and building relationships uh, can lead us into this new uh, strand that was added, uh, which was <coughs> social emotional learning. And what was interesting when I was looking through that curriculum document, not only is social emotional learning added, it's not added at the end. It's now strand one. So when you yes. scroll through the curriculum, the first thing that you're basing your or what the teacher would read in that curriculum is, you know, social emotional learning. So can you explain a little bit about why this was brought in and what it looks like in practice? Well, sure. I'm certain that teachers have been addressing this literacy or intelligence for, for numerous years. The difference now is that there's an intentional focus with intentional planning within a PE, uh, within a PE teacher's day or lesson. Mm -hmm. uh, and this is where they explore and apply skills in emotional identification and management, uh, stress management and coping, um, positive motivation and perseverance, healthy relationships, uh, self-awareness and a sense of identity, but also within it with a, with a focus on critical thinking and problem solving skills and how to deal with different situations. Yeah. And, and you have a lot of, um, there's a great model there that shows how you, uh, how the curriculum is set up with the four strands and it talks about physical literacy and health literacy and, you know, defining, you know, that health literacy of really understanding how to find information about health and wellness and, um, I, I really do like uh, the Ontario curriculum's focus on more than just getting that physical activity in. It seems like a very holistic um, you know, curriculum that talks very overtly about mental health, about you know, physical well-being, um, about finding enjoyment on you know, doing things for a lifetime. And you know, it, it took me a lot of digging to find where we really get into the fitness, right? And, you know, that's not the number one thing of like, okay, how many, you know, how many laps can we run on a, a beep test or a pacer test or how many push-ups can we do? And this is how you have to assess your students. It was, it was a way more holistic curriculum than, um, than other ones that I might have uh, come across, especially in the U.S., so... Yes, yes, exactly. Again, going back to the whole child, like we're our our goal is not just um, the physical literacy; it's the health literacy. It's the the social emotional literacy. It's it's about getting students to under to understand that health is not just, as you said, fitness, mm -hmm. but it's also mental health, um, the health of others. How can you how can you uh, be a part of the health of others? Right. It's, it's the whole child. And that's the major, major concept of our interior curriculum. Yeah. It, so thanks for the thanks for sharing about this. Are there uh, any other concepts or any anything you'd like to add at this point? Well, sure. One last thing. We still like through like myself, like through studying the various curriculums in Canada, I believe we do share one vital similarity. Uh, as a nation, we have a common vision. The vision is to set students on a path to a to healthy and active lifestyles. So, um, <clears throat> physical literacy and health literacy isn't really an endpoint. Like, there's no such thing as, you know, all of a sudden a child becomes a physical literate person. Mm -hmm. It's more, it's that quest to becoming 
physical literate mm-hmm. or for, to the, the quest to becoming physical literate or a physical literate individual that we're trying to instill in our students. As you spoke about, you spoke about it in your uh, first article club. The yeah. vision is everything. Mm-hmm. And in Canada, I believe we're really united in that one vision. We might have different curriculums, but that one vision, I think we have that in common. Yeah. And that's a, that's a really good, you know, bond to kind of keep that not necessarily you don't have a national curriculum, but that idea of, you know, consistently, constantly becoming more physically literate or health literate and, you know, things change in people's lives. So how do you adjust to continuing to find joy and and movement is a uh, it's a really good kind of cornerstone delay, especially early on in in students students' careers. So um, thank you uh, for your time um, for for the listeners. Uh, you can follow Dan at PhysEd Dynasty, um, and that's where that's where I found him on Twitter. And uh, there's also if you look on um, on Dan your Twitter bio, there's a link to. Uh, website is that something that you've set up yes like it's, it's a very 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 simple website things that we do in my class with my students at different ages mm-hmm. so i'm a huge promoter and I, and I feel like this is also a uh, a common uh, similarity between educators here in canada is that quest and i also think in the u.s that quest that that to try to share and share resources and be a like a united front in education so mm-hmm. i believe that everything i do in my class i would like everyone to see so that maybe someone could use it also but also that someone can give me some critiquing on what i'm doing which i'm always up for like i always like someone looking at what i'm doing and say hey by the way you can add this or maybe you could add this or you know what you can this is a great opportunity to add some sort of social emotional learning element to your lesson which always happens which is great right yeah. yeah, and for those of you who haven't visited the website, again, I I think it's a great site to find a specific information that you you would look for on Twitter. So on Twitter, you you know, if you are thinking about ideas for tag games, for instance, you'd spend you know hours scrolling through trying to find that tag game, or you know, sometimes when I'm like, oh, Dan posted this really cool tag game am I going to scroll through the hundreds of tweets that had happened in the last couple of years? But your website just has a very simple click, go to tag games, field and invasion games, you know, all these things. And it links directly to that tweet that was sent and shows uh, a super short video on there. So a uh, great resource. Um, and you can find that. So uh, follow Dan at Fizz Ed Dynasty on Twitter and then in the bio line there's a uh, there's a cool website so uh, thanks Dan appreciate your time um, thanks for coming on thanks Risto it was great great chatting with you awesome thanks everybody for listening and um, if you have the opportunity wherever you uh, are listening this uh, on um, please rate and um, subscribe to our podcast thanks <laughs>